Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Well, welcome in, everybody, on this absolutely glorious, glorious Tuesday morning. Uh, had a beautiful walk on the way into work today, and quite honestly, January 31st, 2012, couldn't be any more beautiful. The coach, John Cohn, still on sabbatical, in the straitjacket somewhere. I'm not sure exactly where he's at, but I do know he's in the straitjacket for a little mental respite. David Olson. We'll be the two and a half, well, one and a half guys in the mic today instead of two and a, two guys in the mic. So this is Joel Redwanski, the big dog, and we got plenty of stuff to talk about. The news of the weird today is going to be absolutely funny, weird, disgusting, all kinds of stuff. Two guys in the mic. And want to welcome everybody in 888-463-6748 is the phone number. You can also email us at uh, two guys in a mic at AOL.com. Might as well join the show. Well, uh, I was uh, mentioned I was walking in today. Absolutely gorgeous day. You know, and you know, I, I walk most places. I don't drive anywhere. You know, and some people can say, oh, you know, that's that's pretty bad. You know, but sometimes when you're going through hard times in your life, you got to look at the brighter side of life every once in a while. You know, and because of this, I'm extremely healthy now. Walk everywhere. Don't have to spend like $500 a month on what's your car note? Is that, that's what they call it, car note, your insurance. And who knows how high gas prices are? I don't even know. I have no idea. I could not tell you. I can guess I'm going to say they're above $3.50 and below $4.20. Am I, am I right, David Olson? Uh, yeah, you're, you're pretty accurate. Okay. So there you go. That's, I know. So I know that's expensive, especially if you live in the city of Chicago. Uh, so I don't have to worry about any of that. So, I, you know, every once in a while, you got to look at the, the bright side of life. So as, as I'm walking here enjoying this absolute glorious day, I notice people like stop at a, at a stoplight looking at me like, man, I wish I was walking today because it was like sunny and beautiful out. And I was, I was kind of like saying, man, this is kind of bad. I'm, this is an awful long walk. Right when I started feeling sorry for myself out of nowhere, a long lost college friend, a guy that is like a best friend to me, comes pulling up. But see, the problem is, I didn't know it was a long lost friend. He's a he's a displays police officer. He's undercover at the time, and he's got the he's got the light. He rolls up on me, like does the U. He slams on it, puts on the brakes. I mean, it puts on the lights. Free, sir. And I was like, oh no. And I look, and it's Dan Shanahan. And I'm like, that's not funny, Dan. That's not funny. I probably don't want to get him in trouble for that, but. Uh, ended up giving me a lift here, caught up on some stuff, and uh, he's he's on his way to work. And, and quite honestly, the man is so busy, the only free time he has is when he goes from his house to work. He's he's one of those guys that are that busy. Uh, I haven't been that busy in a long time. but uh, So it was actually kind of good to uh, get back and talk to him. So you, know, you got to look at the bright side of life every once in a while. So even though I'm walking to work, I get to see my boy Dan Shannon for the first time in about two years, which is pretty cool. So uh I don't know. Sometimes you just gotta look at the bright side. So, uh, to talk about like people looking at the bright side, people not looking at the bright side. Um, we are gonna talk some crazy stories later on when we go in the show, but we are the, the sports show for the non-sports fan. And I want to talk about something that's kind of made me a little bit upset the last couple days. 
And this is this question out there that people are actually throwing out there. Not anybody in the city of Chicago. Anybody in the city of Chicago that's a, a Chicago fan knows this is all uh, just dumb talk right now. But people are talking about is did Derrick Rose choke the other night against Miami? And well, will he, does he always choke against the Heat? And is he going to have enough to come up and, and beat the Heat in the playoffs? What the guy missed a couple free throws at the, at the end of a basketball game, and I'm gonna I'm gonna tell him this straight up. He knows this because he should have made those free throws. He'd be the first one to tell you. Beautiful thing is, uh, rumor has it that the first thing he did after the game was go shoot free throws. Next morning, shoot shot free throws all day. All I know is Derrick Rose is a 10 of 11 from the line yesterday in a 10 point win on the road against uh, the Wizards. They are an NBA team, barely an NBA team, but they did get a win on the road against the Wizards. Uh, but the the question whether or not Derrick Rose is clutch or whether or not he choked is absolutely asinine. The guy can have one game, and I'm going to tell you this. On the free throws, he walked up, got right up to the line, and, like, threw the first one up without even, like, thinking about it, and, and it, was a to- it was totally horribly bad. He took a deep breath, and the other one spun out and didn't go in. All I know is this. The guy is going to be all right, and he is definitely clutch. I will say this. He did not play well in the last couple possessions of the game. And a lot of that, I think, had to do with they were all, the whole Bulls were clearing out, and on those possessions, everybody stood still while Derrick Rose was trying to penetrate. The Heat cut him off. You know what? I, I think that has more to do with uh, his teammates on that play. But around around the nation, people panicking. Oh, Derrick Rose is is a choke artist. Is, is is it so much of a what have you done for me lately that the league MVP, one of the great sensations that this league has ever seen, honestly. He's, I, I did have no idea he was going to be this good. And let's face it, the guy can pretty much take over a game at will. He has a, a bad game against the Heat without his sidekick, Luol Dang, and all of a sudden he choked and, and, uh, he, he isn't, doesn't have the clutch gene all of a sudden. So I think people need to, to, to simmer down. I think people like to jump on people when they're down. And I, I think right now it really does look like the Bulls have an uphill climb against the Heat. And I'm I'm not going to lie about this. I look at the Heat matchup against the Bulls, and as a diehard Bulls fan, I am worried about that. I'm not backing down. I believe they can win, but it's a very uh, very difficult matchup in terms of who has to guard who. You can really have a lot of bodies go at, at Derrick Rose and Luol Deng, who are the the best options offensively for the for the Bulls. So if the Bulls, are, if we could talk uh, Heat later on, if the Bulls are ever going to be able to beat the Heat, it's going to be up to. Uh, Carlos Boozer to play out of his mind, I think, is how that's going to happen. So I don't, I don't know if that's ever going to happen. But Derrick Rose is definitely a clutch basketball player. Uh, that I don't think we ever have to worry about. Now, as I was perusing the news throughout today, I'm going to touch more on sports later on, but there are so many good stories around the world, and I, I was able to put – David Olson to work on this well before uh, we came into the studio today because, you know, sometimes, you know, when it's just Coach and I in here, it's, it's really easy to shoot the breeze, you know, but uh, I'm going to have guests on the rest of the week. But today I kind of wanted to focus on some of the craziest stories that are around the world. And some of these are just flat out disgusting. And if I say disgusting, I'm sure there's a few of you that know the donkey story that I'm going to only touch on briefly. But there are other crazy stories that are going on around the world. Now, uh, one thing that I was, when I was walking, I was realizing, you know, it's January and I don't know if it was 50 yet, but when it's January and sunny and you can have your jacket open in the city of Chicago, it might be 30 degrees out, but it could feel like 70 degrees because, you know, you're just used to that, that horrible cold weather. So I'm, I'm actually pretty sure it's up to 50 by now, but check this out. 
It's beautiful down here in January 29th, two days ago. I don't think it was, it, it wasn't brutal cold out, was it, David? Do you, do you recall like two days ago? It was like uh, mid thirties, wasn't it? There was a day in the past week where it was like, felt really, really cold. Okay. Um, was it the 29th? Was it, cause today's the 30th. It wasn't two days ago, was it? It wasn't, uh, Sunday. It was the day that I was walking to the show. That was the day that was brutally cold. Yeah, that was, well, yeah, yeah. that was a couple of weeks ago. Though. Okay, it was a couple of weeks ago. It was it was pretty cold on Saturday. It okay, was cold on Saturday. Okay, so well, maybe. that would make sense because in Jim River, Alaska, this is one of the craziest stories I had ever heard. When when you think about how cold it gets in Jim River, Alaska, on June 29th, it was. T- 79 degrees below zero. Not wind chill. Not like what it felt. The, the, the wind chill factor, they were not able to uh, calculate this, but what ends up happening, the actual barometer, the thermometer and the barometer, everything that was actually working to actually, uh, detect how cold it was broke. So right when it got to 79 degrees, it broke, but the all-time record is negative 80. And they were like, the way it was going and the way the barometric pressure was going, it probably dropped even below that, but they couldn't measure it anymore. So it's kind of crazy that even nowadays, there was temperatures that got so low that the that it broke it nowadays type equipment, which you have to figure that it's, it's pretty state-of-the-art. So in Jim River, Alaska, negative 79. That's absolutely amazing. Amazing, David. Now, would, it, I had a... Uh, I tried a social studies teacher. His name was Mr. Stolp, Jim Stolp, uh, an odd looking man, but without question, one of the best teachers I've ever had. This guy really cared about his students. Uh, and I, I really appreciate that. And he said, it taught me a lot of like isms in life and a lot of just more than just like, you know, the, the capital of this country is so and so. But he, one day it was, is 1985. It was January of 1985. And if, if anybody lives in Chicago, you remember that was one of those brutally cold, like, negative 20 stretches not wind chill but it was like negative 20 in the city of chicago and and i remember people like thinking what's the difference it's below zero it's just it's always freezing he's like no what's the difference between 80 degrees and 30 degrees everybody's like well that's it's absolutely freezing it's it's that's it's a major difference he's like well it's the same your body knows the difference between 30 and negative 20 it'll feel the difference well so if if you imagine the difference between what zero degrees feels like, which is bone chilling, and I mean you can't be out in that without a shirt or a jacket for any amount of time, ten minutes you'll start freezing. And eighty degrees, think about that zero and eighty. So think about what the difference between zero and negative eighty must feel like. Uh, for, uh, like stuff that I've heard, I was researching this stuff, and like like ice would legitimately, if you had a eight ounce glass of water and you would put it outside. It would freeze in less than a minute in negative 80 degrees. And like right in front of you, you would actually watch ice melt in front of you if you had it in a regular uh, piece of glass. It would bust the glass. So that is some absolutely cold weather. So if you think about when it gets down to like 20 degrees and you're complaining about it here. But that is, I guess, one of those things like the correcting things that end up happening on, on this planet. Supposedly, like when we go through really, really warm times like through uh more temperate areas or like closer to the equator i guess like what uh you know the united states would be as opposed to antarctica it gets really really extreme and cold up there so negative 80 david that's no place i would ever ever want to be around yeah we don't get those we don't get those negative 20 stretches anymore because i remember growing up every year Mm -hmm. you get about a week 
where, you know, and it'd either be in January or February where it'd be like negative 20, negative 30. Yes. With a negative 50 wind chill uh-huh. for about a week. Yes. And without fail, it happened every single year and doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, it really doesn't. It made like once every like five years, you'll get that. And yeah, then, yeah, we had it, we had it last winter. Last winter, we had that stretch. Where it was like negative twenty for like four or five days. Yeah, and then and then about uh, two weeks later we had the greatest snowfall we've had in in like thirty. So I mean that was like a dramatic winter we had last year. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's coming up on the year anniversary to be the year anniversary on Thursday. Wow, well, I, I, I can't. February second was when it hit. Yeah, that that was no fun. As a person who walks, let me tell you that was not fun. And, and you know, I am so sick as a football fan. I actually can tell you when it was cold and what years just based on. The NFL playoffs, cause, cause I'll be like, oh yeah, I remember that year. That team really had an advantage. I, I remember the, the 85 season. So that would have been the January 86. Cause like, uh, in the 84, 85 year, there was January 85 where it was really cold here. But in, in January 86, the, the Bears played at home against the Giants. They won 21 nothing. And that's when Landetta missed the ball and all that. And it was zero degrees. It was absolutely freezing. And the Bears had a little bit of advantage of playing a New York team. I remember the next week, they were playing the Los Angeles Rams, Eric Dickerson and all those guys, and they were hoping for bare weather, and it was supposed to be absolutely freezing. Now, miraculously, when Wilbur Marshall picked the ball up and it started snowing at the end of the game, it only snowed then, but it was 45 degrees at the start of the game, and like the Bears were all upset about it. They were like, we needed bare weather out here, and it's 45 degrees. They were all upset because it was, it was beautiful that day in the city of Chicago. It got cold, very cold for the Rams by the end of that game, but I, I was just blown away by that. So... Negative 80 degrees. I, I have never, ever seen anything like that. Uh, I'm going to go to the next story. And, and this one, it, it's been around the Internet. I, I want to go a little bit further into it because after I heard this story, to be quite honest, honest with you, I thought it was a publicity stunt, something that NBC was doing just to, hey, let's, let's try to draw attention, and then after we draw attention so that we can make the right decision and not air something disgusting. And I'm talking about this NBC Fair Factor stunt where they decided to have um, do a show called Donkey Business. And one of the things that they were going to do is, uh, I guess there's contestants. And I, I'm, not, I'm not saying this, try to act like, oh, I'm so cool, I don't watch reality shows. But I really don't. I have never watched an episode of Fear Factor. As a matter of fact, network television, the only time I, my, uh, I am watching any network television whatsoever, it's m- sometimes the news but it usually involves human beings running into each other at full speed. If it isn't football, I honestly don't watch any network television, ABC, NBC. I mean, it's basically just, you know, cable and all this stuff. So I don't watch the reality stuff that much. But NBC has this fair factor showing the donkey business show that the two people that were going to be on it had it. One of them had a drink, donkey urine, and another one had a drink, donkey semen. Well, they actually did it. And I thought this was just like a stunt and they really didn't do it, said they were going to do it. And, and supposedly the head of NBC, who I, I have no idea who it is right now. I guess that that's, do you know who the head of NBC is? I want to say his name's Silverman. That, you know, I have to look it up again. That does sound right. That does. Sound, I used to know all that stuff when I was a kid, but like, at least you know who the secretary of state was. Unlike. Yeah, but with NBC, it changes every couple of years because they're in the crappers. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> they used to be on top way back in the day when the Cosby Show was out in the eighties. Uh, but I guess the guy made the executive decision: you are not airing on network television people ingesting that stuff, which is probably the right decision. 
Well, I thought, you know what, did they really do it? Was it something that actually happened? Were they just trying to create a buzz about Fair Factor? And, and who knows, and nowadays, the type of stunts that a television show would pull off in order to do this. Well, looking into it, it didn't take me too long to, to find this out, but uh, Colin Cowherd had a, a young lady call in today, uh, yesterday. Her name was Bryn Ossidian. Okay, no, let me get it right. No, I don't think I got it right. Let me get the exact name right, because... Uh, this young lady and her twin sister, okay, were on Fear Factor, and uh, she drew the short end of the straw, the the sister Bryn, and she was the one that had to actually drink the donkey semen. Well, I I didn't think it was true. Well, I guess she actually did it. She threw up a couple times. She didn't get sick or anything like that. Supposedly they made sure, I guess they do that on Fear Factor, that you're not going to get sick. But they actually did it. Now, how nasty is that? I, I don't care how much you pay me. I don't care how what the how much money you're going to win as a prize for that. There's got to be another way, an honest way to do it. And no matter what, the rest of your life, even if you won like $50,000, a year's work for a, a, an average American, okay, for the rest of your life, you're the person who ate donkey semen. I mean, that is just absolutely nasty. And uh, it was Bryn and Claire Odioso. I got to get that right. I don't want to get that wrong. So any, uh, I'm sorry, Bryn Ocidian, if you're out there. You did not do that. It was Bryn Odioso, and uh, she called into the, the Colin Coward Show and talked to all about it. It was confirmed, and she called it the 15 hardest minutes of your life. Well, guess what? You deserved it. Okay, and they didn't even air it, and they didn't get to win any money off it. So that's what greed will do for you. If you want to try for free money, you're going to end up embarrassed, disgraced, and you won't even get any money off of that. So just just remember that if there's no shortcuts, including eating something like that. So I, we didn't have any pictures of that up, did we? Oh yeah, yeah. And I'll put it back up here. I've got. I've got oh, a picture, I didn't see it. Am I, yeah, I, I, a picture, a, a courtesy of TMZ, of the donkey urine and the donkey semen, which is gracing our uh, stream right now. So. Oh, okay. I, I, I don't have the the stream on. I, I don't like looking at myself. There's some stuff that I I really don't don't need to have. And look at now in, in the history of television, I, I honestly have to say that is one of the worst things I've ever heard ever put on TV. I mean, it's like stuff like Faces of Death, that stuff like the movie where they showed grotesque ways people dying and stuff. I understand that that's a that's a movie, and if you you're sick enough to, I could never watch that as a kid. That was like a cult movie, like when I was like in fifth grade through like freshman year and i would always remember hey let's watch faces of death oh, I, I got i'm gonna go home my mom says i have to be home by nine o'clock guys oh yeah yeah, yeah. i was always there on the vi- shelf at the video store i did yeah, every every video store had it uh-huh yeah. now did you did you watch that did you get i saw some of it when i was like in sixth or seventh grade but were you were you like me that couldn't watch it anymore or or did you like, no, I was, I, yeah, I couldn't watch it. I couldn't watch it. I watched some of it, and it's like, yeah, I can't watch this. I, I think about those guys now that uh, actually used to like Faces of Death and, and post that stuff up or or watch that stuff. I realize now, because, you know, I'm friends with some people that I was acquaintance with back in, like, you know, Jefferson Junior High and Downers Grove North and all that. And those guys post the creepiest stuff nowadays to this day. Every once in a while, just post stuff that just doesn't make any sense. And I guess it goes back. It, it stems from when you're 10 years old and you enjoy watching people get chopped up by, uh, like, uh, motorboat blades or whatever the heck else that they showed on there. Now, to be honest with you, one thing that they had on, on Faces of Death was somebody eating monkey brains. I didn't watch that, but I heard about it. And I, it used to repulse me. But I'm going to tell you this straight up right now. I mean this. I am going to start eating more exotic foods. And I'm going to report back here. I haven't yet, 
Well, chicken hearts, all that stuff. But I, I, but I do, I will say this, David. I refuse to do anything like intestines or anything like that. I, I refuse any type of organ that has to do with waste products. Does that mean I'm not like brave enough or does that mean I, I just can't deal with it? Well, so, okay, so that means no kidneys, no liver, no intestines. Yeah, absolutely. And nothing like that. I definitely no liver for something. The last thing I want is a liver, even though I probably need a new one. Because livers regenerate, don't they? They do, yeah, they can. So does, if I'm eating like hog or, 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 uh, calf liver, does that help me? No, no, probably not. It doesn't, it doesn't work that way. So, and I don't want to go into a silence of the lamb thing, but that's exactly what, uh, Hannibal Lecter ate on somebody, didn't he, with like a side of fava beans or something like that? Yeah, I ate his livers. Yeah, liver with uh, <laughs> fava beans and a nice key ante. Yeah. yeah, so, uh, because this is, uh, my, uh, my girlfriend has been kind of, I don't know, she kind of like was making fun of me for not doing that and not, and now I'm like, I'm starting to man up. Because, uh, I'm starting to think about if, what do I have to do if I do, I always have to eat all this perfect food. Now, I've been eating other foods recently. Like lambs and stuff like that. Oh my goodness. I had no idea there were so many delicious animals out in the world. I've been stuck in the beef, chicken, and, and, uh, um, what else, what else is out there? And hog, like, for like, for years. I'm gonna actually, I'm going out on a limb and I'm gonna start eating more animals. And I know people out there might not be happy about that, but I eat a lot of vegetables too. You know, you know what, what's delicious? What's it's that? Like elk or caribou. Delicious. Uh, like, Caught by your buddies or like caught like or like raised? How, how, well, how, usually, usually you know the hunters. You know, okay, you know hunters. I get it, but it's it's delicious, absolutely delicious, and it's lean and it's just it's real good, real real good. Now, like, do you get that around here? Or is that like an Alaskan type deal? Well, caribou's in Alaska, yeah. in Alaska, but I think you can get elk in okay. the area. Because I had a. When I was living in the city, the guys that lived downstairs were out were outdoorsmen. They go hunting once a month, and then they'd come back and they'd cook up whatever they caught. Gotcha. And then you know, of course, you know, they're like two guys, and you get a you know, you take down an eight hundred pound elk. There's going to be a lot of meat. Oh so yeah. We'd, so we'd have you know the elk steaks and everything. Oh, excellent. Just delicious. Now, uh, I, I've I've seen caribou. I've never I've never eaten one. That is one absolutely beautiful animal. Now I, I think I like them so much just because of the pixie song. Caribou. I love that song. So ever since I, so I've had to think about caribou. So I don't know if I'd be able to eat one. Those, I mean, that's such, they're like majestic. Those things are some beautiful animals, but I'll, I'll eat an elk. I'll have no problem with that. Anything high in protein that you can cook up and, and make taste delicious. I'm all for that. Trust me. I definitely, I'm all for that. Now, um, we, we talked about the whole, uh, fear factor and that stuff. So there's some stuff I will eat, but like we're saying, you talk about exotic. Now, I looked this up. So if there are exotic foods in the world, I guess, believe it or not, that's a delicacy in some parts of the world. There's like parts of, of uh, like Malaysia that that is actual a delicacy that people will eat that. So, like I said, I'm willing to try other animals. I'm willing to try exotic foods. But when it comes to that, I, I am not going to gross myself out. I'm not eating. Well, I would eat bugs. Believe it or not, supposedly you can make bugs the right way. They're absolutely delicious. But I, they would they'd have to be delegged. And covered in stuff, and I would not have to know that I was actually looking at bugs at that point. So uh, that's also one of those fear facts things, but that's something I'm not going to try. So now, uh, yesterday, we uh, talked a little bit about the, the Occupy people. Now, I, I bring up Occupy a lot because some of these stories are pretty funny. Now, the, the thing is, is I, I'm all about free business. I'm all about capitalism. I really believe this. And 
See, the thing is, some of these Occupy people actually have a point. Some of them don't. I really, I, there's, the point is, I, the people that are trying to get politics and business separated, I completely, 100% agree with. That's like the part of the Occupy guys that I want to shake my hand, like walk through all the guys protesting and talk to about 10% of the people that are camping out. And because I agree with those 10%. Most of them I don't. But yesterday, <laughs> there was a story, uh, about the, the Occupy people. Now, there's there's some pretty good stuff, and there's sometimes you just gotta laugh at a joke. But yesterday, there was uh, how can I the best way for I can put this? There was a citizen's arrest, and it was made by some of the Occupy protesters, uh, and this was in Washington D.C. And a bunch of Occupy protesters decided to surround a van, and the citizen's arrest was made by a Fox News van. Now. Fox News, you know, I, I watch it every once in a while, and I do realize I watch it with a filter as I get everything in. But this is a pretty funny way. Sometimes you gotta you have to laugh at what protesters do. You know all those, the Occupy people, probably 95% detest Fox News. But yesterday in Washington, D.C., a bunch of protesters rallied around a, a van, a few dozens of them, and they decided to make a citizen's rights. Obviously, nothing happened by it. But if you talk about kind of funny, I, I find that amusing. Now, I would like to see a bunch of Republicans, like, decide to, like, an MSNBC van, like, at a, like, a Ronald Reagan rally, like, go and try to make a citizen's arrest. I'd find that pretty funny. But, uh, the Occupy people with, at least with a little bit of a sense of humor in Washington, D.C. Now, uh, I'm continuing worried about the, the Occupy people here coming to the city of Chicago. Now, I did walk by the Occupy people yesterday. Now, yesterday on the show, you may have heard me. I'm extremely concerned about the G8 summit. And, uh, the fact that the adbusters.com has said that they want people to come here and they said they want to do, you know, a civil protest and do it peacefully, but they're also conjuring up images of the, the 1968 Democratic convention. Well, I went down to the Occupy people. I said, I wish I had Idris with the camera again because I was, I was talking to some of these people and they were like, oh yeah, we want it to be peaceful. And they were, they were just sitting there. They're totally peaceful, not saying anything. Most of them didn't need to take a shower. They definitely, some of those guys definitely need to clean up. But I was like, oh, what do you talk about? Do you think they're trying to incite violence? Absolutely not. We're trying, not trying to do that. And, and they want people from Adbusters to come here. So I asked them, you know, what's going to happen? If you do have 50,000 people down here, what's going to happen? And, and he was like, well, uh, hopefully the cops don't instigate it and start riots here. I'm like, well, what if you're keeping people out of their place of work? And they were like, too bad. Well, what do you think the police are going to do at that point when you're keeping Thousands of people out of their workplace, not allowing them to go to work. So I, I'm extremely worried about what was happening in May. But it, he wasn't worried at all. He's like, don't worry, it won't get bad. And it, he was insinuating that if there was any violence, it was going to be uh, the, the city of police, uh, the, the, the city of Chicago's police fault. I don't know about that. Hopefully nothing, nothing like that comes to that and we don't have to worry about it. But I, I'm, I'm telling you, so I'm going to have to have an option just in case, David. I, I do not want to lose uh, a way to make money this year. I, just as insurance, I'm buying a camera. So I figure I'll, I'll, I won't go out for like two weeks straight. You know, I'll, I'll keep the straight and narrow. That should be enough money to have, hopefully get a camera. So just in case something goes down, because that'd be pretty good work. Do you know, how do I go about doing that? Would you know, David? Like, so just say, you know, we all do this whole social networking thing now. I had a, fr a friend of mine who was a really good cameraman, and people, new news agencies would pay him to just go out and get footage, and he would download it. Now, do I have to like go to do I have to go to Columbia and be like, actually be like certified, or can I actually say, listen, this is some of my footage that I have here, I can get good stuff, 
or and so if I do get something, I would know I wouldn't be wasting my time to actually get it to someone. If you know what I'm saying. Well, it all depends on what kind of level you want to do it. I mean, you can you can go out and pay twenty bucks and get a flip or get a get a flip video camera. Okay. And I mean, it's it's got the USB drive on it, so you film what you want want to film, pop it in your computer, and you can upload it directly to Facebook, YouTube, whatever. Now. If you want stuff for the news organizations, you got to spend a little bit more money. Okay, but yeah. even even so, I mean, you can get an HD handheld camcorder for like three hundred bucks. Yes. Now. So. And, and and that that we and when I get to say I get a piece, okay, edit up real quick, and what do I do? Just like email it to like ABC News or something like that. Is that is all you do and say, hey, I'll give me two hundred bucks if you air this? Everything. How do how does that work? Well, I mean, you wouldn't you wouldn't send it to him and then ask for the money. Yeah, yeah. You, you have to work out the money ahead of time because okay. he'd send it to him. Oh, thanks for that, but because I really think there's going to be actual opportunity during the summer in the city of Chicago to do this during this. I, I want to be prepared. I want I want to be prepared for opportunity beforehand instead of after, and actually something that I would be good at because I've already figured this out. Now uh, I'm dating Lily the Lilac. She's willing to go out there with me. I can just put her in a bunch of football equipment in case there there is riots out there. Plus she's taking self defense classes, so she knows like where to kick and grab. Okay, so I can feel comfortable taking her out there. And she and normally people don't attack people with cameras. You notice that they stay away. They don't attack people. They stay away from doing stupid stuff when they got cameras. So I'm hoping something like that could happen. Anybody that can help me out with that, Joel Redwanski at Yahoo. Especially if you're part of a news agency, I'm going to get you good stuff. Real, real good stuff. So, 888-463-6748. Now, uh, so if you're talking about like riding and people in the, uh, you know, doing crazy stuff in the streets. Now, we talked a little bit yesterday about, um, what happened in Egypt last year and, uh, uh, you know, Hosi, uh, uh, Mubarak getting taken out. Well, recently in Egypt, there's some really, really stuff that you have to be concerned about if you're somebody who loves freedom, democracy, and you want everybody in the world to be able to enjoy freedom and democracy. See, what's going on in Egypt right now is uh, the U.S. is deciding whether or not that they should give the aid that they, they've promised uh, to Egypt. And uh, right now they're deciding whether to give them over a billion dollars. And, and the reason what is going on is right now there was recently uh, – Right now, there are six Americans being held. They're, not, they're barred from leaving Egypt. They were part of a raid. There were 17 different offices that were raided by uh, the Egyptian military. Ten of them were pro-democracy human rights organizations. Okay, But the, Egypt is saying that they're investigating these particular offices because there's foreign money that were brought into these particular offices. So they're, they're, say, they're claiming that they don't want foreign... Uh, foreign influence upon their elections and stuff. I can, I can understand that. Uh, but the problem is there seems to be a target of pro-democracy tarp type uh, uh, affiliations, and they're thinking that the people that are actually doing this are part of the Islamic Brotherhood, and they're the ones that are targeting these pro-democracy organizations. And they're saying, for in Egypt's name, we don't want outside influence coming in here and saying you were going to do this because we want free and honest elections. When the while they're saying this, what they're really trying to do is not make free and honest elections. So this is something that we really, really have to be concerned about. And again, there's still six Americans over there, not hostage, but in a way uh, jailed. They're barred from leaving Egypt right now, and they and they are definitely uh, fearing for what's going on now. 
something. One of the six Americans that over there is a, by the, a guy by the name of Sam LaHood. Now, he's the son of uh, the Transportation Secretary, Ray LaHood. Ray LaHood is the only Republican member of uh, Barack Obama's uh, ca- uh, cabinet. So his son is actually one of the six Americans that are over there. Now, uh, there's recent U.S. legislation that makes aid to Egypt conditional. And under these conditions, they must abide by their 1979 peace treaty with Israel. So basically, if they want to keep on receiving money, they can't be messing with Israel. And they also, well, and they also have to make sure that they're going about making sure that none of their allies actually are messing with Israel. But that's, that's another uh, issue totally. And they also have to be implementing policies to protect freedoms of expression and association and of religion. So what this is telling me is, is our, is our, is our government actually taking a stand for the first time? Actually saying, you know, we're not going to give you money if you actually don't, you know, abide by these laws. Because so many times we just continue to give money to different regimes that don't listen to us. Now, uh, recently, you know, we've talked to Pakistan and now we're leery of whether we're going to give them money or not, but things is actually a, a pretty good decision. We're going to have to find out where they stand. Are, are they going to do the right thing and truly have a free and honest election? Or is it going to be one of those free and honest elections that uh, you go there and vote, but the people that were going to vote for democracy are the ones that are afraid to actually go to the polls and vote? You know, you got you got to wonder because that stuff in that part of the world, this is really, really important. It's not about oil right now. It's a little bit about oil. But if you consider, you know, Egypt was the first one to fall and then other countries fell. Now, other countries are starting to rebuild themselves well if you end up getting a country with uh, a bunch of thugs leading egypt a bunch of thugs are going to end up leading syria and jordan and all those other countries so this is extremely important that egypt figures this out on their own and hopefully in a democratic and pro-reason fashion because if we're ever going to get things together uh you know on this planet uh us getting along with the middle east is going to be one of the most important things i think uh the for the future of this particular uh uh, world. So, you know, so forget all the heavy stuff. You know, we're always talking, well, I've, I've been talking a lot of heavy stuff over the last couple of days, end of the world and all that, that it isn't the end of the world yesterday, talking about Egypt and other stuff. Uh, every once in a while, you just get some really, really funny stories. Now, um, w- this story, I, I don't, I don't know if it's funny or not, but in a way, it kind of, you should know better when you're using, if you're a foreigner coming in the United States and you're using strange language over the internet now the united states decided to bar friends that were coming in from england over a twitter joke now believe this or not a girl by the name of lee van bryan and emily bunting her friend were locked up and the reason why was while they were coming to the united states they made a a, a, just a quick line that they were going to come here to and they'll be destroying america well, it doesn't matter if you're a couple blonde girls in your mid-20s with some money and you're coming here to party. If you tweet stuff like, and you're a foreigner coming to the United States, that you're going to be destroying America, they lock you up. Now, I kind of, I find this a little bit funny because their attitude of where they were locked up and stuff. You made the stupid mistake of saying destroying America on a, on, on your Twitter account when you're coming to the United States. Obviously, we know you didn't mean it, but... They were upset the fact that they had to spend the night in holding cells and 
they were in holding cells with Mexican drug dealers. That was what they said. We were in the Mexican, we were in a holding cell with Mexican drug dealers. So you got like these prim and proper girls <laughs> that, do, do we have their picture up? Uh, and I'll just wonder, okay. Uh, these girls, I mean, they don't look very hardcore is the best way I, I, I can tell you. Uh, but Lee Van Bryan and Emily Bunting, I guarantee you one thing, they're never going to be joking about destroying any countries when they're coming there anymore because they had a very, very difficult night in jail. So those poor girls, I wouldn't say poor girls, but man, not good. I was, you know what? I feel extremely embarrassed right now, David, because, uh, Lee Van Bryan, that was a man. I was going to correct you, but I figured I'd just let you go with it because I did see the picture this morning. <laughs> So I, I, but I didn't read. I didn't read it that closely. So I'm like, oh, maybe I'm like oh, okay, yeah. It's uh, he's not bad looking. I mean, if he grew his hair out not. a little bit longer, yeah, who knows? You know, there might be a future. Uh, just yeah, just a warning out there. You, you you can't be joking about any of that stuff nowadays, especially like on your Twitter accounts, your social network stuff like that. You know, when you send a a, a text message. It's, it might be one thing, cause if they send the text messages, they'd be in their, they'd have to admit that yes, we're, we're monitoring all your text messages and stuff like that. So, you might be able to get away with stuff like that, but you can't go on social networks and say stuff like that. You can't, I mean, nowadays you can't joke about anything. Obviously, you know, I'm uh, speaking to the choir, but you just gotta be careful what you put on there. Extremely careful. Uh, we talk about a guy that just is crazy about, uh, his Twitter account and just puts stupid stuff. Now, not, he's never going to be arrested or anything like that, but is Jim Ursay. Now, I think if you might have been, you were obviously, you were, you were uh, producing the show, but last week coach was here and I was talking about the owner of the Indianapolis coach. This is a guy whose Twitter account is just absolutely ridiculous. He's the owner of an NFL team. And he puts some of the most outrageous, outlandish stuff that you just don't put out there. And all of a sudden, I was thinking, no, it's 2 o'clock in the morning. These guys sending this Twitter uh, tweets out there. You know, he's got to be drunk. So I said, you know what? I, I see this guy. He's totally wasted all the time. I happened to see something two days ago about Jim Ursay, who says he's been clean and sober for 10 years. And I'm, I'm, it was a, a, a conversation with Hannah Storm. So I have either two things to say about this. Because I felt a little bad after I saw the conversation. Because I'm like, you know what? I accused the guy of being totally wasted the other day. You know what I mean? And, and was he not wasted? And then I started looking at the guy. Jim Ursay looked completely sober and different in the interview with Hannah Sorm than he did in like the previous three interviews where he was slurring his words, was completely beat red, and looked absolutely hammered. So either he was lying... I would in the Hannah Storm interview or when I thought he was drunk because every time I saw him, he was completely his face was red and he was putting tweets out about Rob Lowe having, uh, you know, putting out videos with uh, like teenage girls and other stuff. I mean, Jim Ursay. So I, I, I was like, I'm in this limbo now. I don't know what to think. Is he, is he really on the wagon? And, and do I feel bad about insulting a guy on the wagon or was he completely lying? And it was off, and you know what I mean? It's just telling Hannah Storm she hasn't, had, he hasn't had a drink in 10 years. It, it's rough. I, I don't know where to stay, but just want to throw, I, I, I am at least aware of my accusation the other day of Jim Ursay being a drooling drunk. So, but he did admit he, he used to party a lot back in the day. And, uh, speaking of the Colts, the, uh, Peyton Manning retirement rumors are firing back up again in yes. a big way this time. Yes. Yes, and, and it, like, as I put up on our Facebook page, mm -hmm. it looks like somebody owes Rob Lowe an apology. 
because because what's happening is like that he's not recovering from the neck injury and he's not getting the strength back in his in his throwing arms. Yeah, and and that's one of those things that it's nerve issue. And not only is it a neck, you know, if if you have a like anything wrong with your neck, it's bad. But if it's nerve damage at any part of your body, and then it's your neck, it's I I can't imagine how bad that is. Now I have nowhere near the injury that Peyton Manning has, but I have, I have a neck issue that I swear will lock me up, and I it takes me like an hour to loosen my neck up before it, it actually works. So I can't imagine even worse nerve damage than I have in there. So if Peyton Manning is going through that. I really hope that's wrong, and I really – not that I want Rob Lowe to be wrong. I really, really hope Rob Lowe is wrong because, honestly, of all non-Bears of all time, Peyton Manning is in that handful of players that I absolutely admire, respect, would want to hang out with, talk football, and, and root for. As long as it doesn't cost him, the Bears a Super Bowl, I was always rooting for Peyton Manning to win a Super Bowl. And it cost him the Bears he had to win it against. See, I'm on the other side of the fence. I've always hated Peyton Manning. Really? I just, I just, I cannot stand the guy. I cannot stand the guy. I appreciate that. I mean, yeah. What, yeah, what, well, what don't you, you, what's that? What don't you like about him? Uh, just his attitude and his demeanor. You know, he came up the son of an athlete, professional athlete, so he was handed everything his mm-hmm. entire life. You know, it just, it, it, the way he conducts himself during games with his teammates and everything like that. I just, I just don't like the guy. Yeah. It, Okay. That that being said, for his sake, I hope he takes the Troy Aikman uh, uh, route and gets out of the game. Troy Aikman is the smartest. He talks about it now. The best thing I ever did was get out of football. He's like, Absolutely. yeah, he's like, I, he's like, Absolutely. I missed it, and no, it was the right decision. And Peyton Manning and Troy Aikman are very, very good friends. So hopefully, Troy's giving him advice. Okay, and but it's funny you say that about Peyton Manning. I've always thought since he was the son of a of a pro quarterback and kind of has always been. Everybody pointed at him as you're the next great thing that I thought he always handled himself extremely well because of that. It's not his fault that he was, uh, you know, he, I, I, I've always thought that he's handled himself with class and, and never really took advantage of the fact that he was uh, Archie Manning's son. Uh, and if, with his teammates, I always thought he was a real good leader and, and, and good with his teammates. So it's funny, you know, that we have two different impressions yeah, completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Opinions vary. Opinions mm-hmm. vary. So two, two utterly completely different, uh, uh, opinions. Uh, yeah, Troy Aikman, I believe, had a 12-year career, and obviously Peyton Manning has a, a 13-year career. Uh, uh, a similar career as Peyton Manning, more of an incredible statistical career, and uh, Troy Aikman with a, a very good statistical career and three Super Bowls. So I, I, I don't know which one that you would you, you'd want to have more, but yeah, Peyton Manning has up to 399 career touchdown passes. So you know, you just assume, oh, he's going to get number 400, yeah, and it, you know, it never it never happens. So. Uh, I hope he plays not for the 400 touchdown passes, not for the Super Bowls, just so we can go out in, on his own term, uh, quite simply, for the for that own thing. So uh, who knows if that's ever going to happen? Now uh, the Chicago Bears, though, though now people are starting to warm to Phil Emery. I've liked that. I remember yesterday I was the, over the weekend. A lot of people were were complaining about Phil Emery, and all of a sudden the last couple of days there's like some. There's some optimistic uh, opinions around the city. I- I'm liking this. Well, all, all except for the freeze-up at the press conference. Hear about that? Then? No, I did not. Okay. You know, he was going. It was about five minutes in. You know, talking about how happy he is to be part of the team and thanking the members of the Bear organization. And all of a sudden, boom! He like had a brain freeze or something. Ten seconds of silence. Just like this, silence. I I think I did that yesterday, didn't I? I don't know if it was ten seconds. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So it's like. A lot of people in the Chicago media are like, what is that? Is the guy nervous? And if he's nervous, it's 
not a good thing for the Bears organization. You know, he probably just wasn't sure exactly what to say. What to, you know, handling the media. If you think about it, was Jerry Angelo good at handling the media? All he did was throw out a bunch of cliches. And if you think about it now, at the time, yeah, he sounded kind of clever. Now you look back at it, and he's a freaking gimmick of himself when you think about all the the little things that he said. He was great in front of the camera, you know. And then and then all of a sudden he'd have to explain. Uh, there was they had to spend a lot of money of the McCaskey money that they shouldn't have had to had to do. To be quite honest with you, the Angelos did not draft well. So I would rather have a guy that is really bad in front of the camera. That all of a sudden starts, we have receivers and playmakers all over the field and pass rushers. And he says he has a plan to fill the talent gap, so we'll see. I mean, we'll see. Uh huh. They can transition really nice. They have a lot of veteran talent, and if they can fill in with youth, they could transition perfectly and can keep on making it to the playoffs and hopefully uh, build for a Super Bowl. Hopefully. Now, if that's going to happen, I'm definitely not sure, but. Uh, there is not that much that they need, David. I, if you're talking about next year, the Chicago Bears definitely need a playmaking wide receiver. And I don't know if they're going to actually be able to get a left tackle that's going to be played well enough the, the, like right away. So I have no problem going back with Webb. And uh, what they're going to need to get is a cornerback or a pass rusher with their first-round draft pick. Because then they're going to have to sign a free agent wide receiver. If they go about it that way, they could be really they can they'll be contending again. Yes. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, you you spend the free agent money on a wide receiver, it, and yeah. there there are some quality guys out there. Mm-hmm. Quality guys out there. Brandon Marshall, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dwayne Bow is another guy. And I, I I'm telling you, I like Dwayne Bow. I know he didn't have a good year last year. Matt Castle, if he was throwing to Jerry Rice, Jerry Rice would have probably one of the worst seasons of his career too. You know, Matt Castle, you're a great backup quarterback. But not a starter. I, I like Dwayne Bow, uh, so I'm I'm with you on that. I, I will take him. So as as a Bears fan, it's like now like the Super Bowl's coming up this week, and I'm I'm trying to think how close they are because I'm I'll put the Bears to, to rest right after the Super Bowl, and then it's going to be all you know catchers and pitchers report and, and and Chicago Bulls at that moment. But going into the Super Bowl, you, like I'm starting to think, you know, what's it going to take for them for them to get back now? Uh, Super Bowl in Indianapolis too, isn't that just? That's messed up. Maybe that's where that's where Peyton will announce his retirement. You think that'd be good halftime with a like up at Madonna, like during the Madonna show? Man. That would be a that would be a wow. At the end, you know, if you were to do that, you would t- he would be taken away. I mean, so much. Oh, you're right from his brother. No, you're right. I'm yeah, an idiot. Yeah, yeah, I'm an know, idiot. Not, a, not only from his brother, but from you know Tom Brady too. Would he would he do that? I don't know. No, I'm an idiot. He would never do that. He would never ever do that. Now maybe now Monday, Monday after the Super Bowl, the press is all still there. Yes, possibly. Uh huh. Possibly, I could see him doing that after the Super Bowl. Yeah, because I guarantee you, if at like if at like ten o'clock at night after the Super Bowl, he's like, I'm holding a press conference in twelve hours. No one would. They're like, hey, you know what? I'm I'm staying in Indy for another, you know, until the morning. Everybody well, would stay absolutely, there, even if you did it on Tuesday. Uh huh. Even if you did it on Tuesday. Yeah. Why not? Why not? They yeah, might as well. I, I hope it doesn't happen. I really hope it doesn't happen. So keep my fingers crossed that Peyton Manning is healthy for so many different reasons because uh, the guy truly is. Believe it or not, I think he is one of those guys that is like a hero to me. Believe it or not, a, a hero. I don't get to say that very often, but I am about uh, about Peyton Manning. Now. I have a just a strange, strange uh, story about an elephant in the Dutch Zoo. Did you happen to get a picture of this, uh, David? 
I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. This no, if you're talking about just weird stuff, there was an elephant in a Dutch suit. It's a big, it's a grown elephant, and it's the hag or the hog. How's, how do you pronounce that? It's the, the an elephant in the Amsterdam Zoo, and it's called the Hog. That's the name of their their zoo. It sounds pretty cool. Yeah, we'll, we'll just go with that. I, I like it. Now, there's a lot of stuff to do in Amsterdam, and I guess one of them is going to a, a zoo. Uh, but there's a massive uh, there's a massive elephant named Trita, or Theta, excuse me, Theta. And Theta had had fallen and accidentally scratched her eye. Okay. And they knew that the Theta started bumping into everything after that. So they had to figure out a massive contact lens. They opened the elephant's eye and shoved the contact lens in. Now the elephant can see fine. Now it's not bumping into stuff anymore. A contact lens for an elephant? I mean, it's funny. There's I don't know how many I don't know how many people are starving in Amsterdam, but it's kind of funny that they're willing to spend that much and figure out a way to get a contact lens for an elephant. I, the stuff that we do, uh, you know, I, I, I swear to you, I, half of human beings take care of animals better than other human beings. Just, I just thought I'd throw that out there. I just I thought it was just funny. People are more than willing. Uh, I, I have a bunch of friends. I have I, I, at least 10 friends. The stray dog, they will stop, go out, pick the dog up, and they will take care of that dog. Okay, but they, not that they should be giving money out to bums or anything, but that same person will walk past the bums and say, I can't stand bums. They're so disgusting. No, no problem with that. I, I understand where you're coming from and whatever. You don't want to give money to bums. I just find it funny that the same person that will step over a bum will run and pick up a dog that is stray in the street when you have no idea if it's rabid, where it's bit, or anything. So just just a little weird. Just another story. Just fixing up a, an elephant with a contact lens. So um, 888-463-6748. Plenty to talk about. Now, tomorrow, on tomorrow's show, we actually have a guy. Now, I, I should have brought it up when we were talking about Egypt, but... Uh, a friend of mine, Malik Ben Musa, and uh, he does a lot for pro-democracy in the Middle East. And he's going to be on the show tomorrow at, at 1030. So he's going to be extremely uh, interesting to talk to because uh, not only is he like an old-time friend, he's a, a former athlete with me at McMurray College. And I think he may have made the McMurray Hall of Fame. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to prove to you that there is a guy at McMurray with an offensive name. His last name rhymes with other and just you just and and sucker if you could his name that's his name that's his last name is an african dude i'm going to have he's going to prove it to you on tomorrow's show but we're going to have malik on uh and he's going to actually promote a website that he has and basically this website is to help promote democracy throughout the middle east and anytime you're talking about the middle east and democracy you know we got to do something for it and i didn't realize this but yesterday i i saw the six nobel prize winners I guess there's there's math, uh, there's physiology and health, peace, obviously math. Oh, I, I said math, economics and stuff. All these were the, everybody was deserving of it. It was really really cool. One in physics was absolutely excellent. But uh, there was a woman who in in Yemen, she was the one who came out and she was the pro democracy voice. And how often is is it ever going to be a woman? So she actually was one of of three Nobel Peace Prize winners. Uh, the other two were from Liberia. One is the president of Liberia, and the other one is a Liberian woman who was the inspiration for the president. So we're going to have Malik on tomorrow. And, and i got to tell you something. Malik is extremely interesting. The sad, well, only thing I'm worried about is he might tell me or tell you guys some stories about me in, in college that I'm not, that I'm going to be uh, a little bit worried about. Now, I'm going to give you the name of his website here. Uh, let me get it up here. Malik. Mm-mm. 
Okay, so yeah, is this that 10 minutes of dead silence that Phil Emery had yesterday? Yeah, we're working on that. Is that okay? Hopefully, I don't I don't fill all that up. But I do want to give a, a Malika promo uh, here. Uh, it's uh, Libyan Hearts is the name of it. So if you go to Libyan Hearts, so if you go to Facebook and forward slash Libyan Hearts, you can check out the the whole page. And basically, it's a it's a non for profit organization, and they're trying to make sure that democracy is spread in Libya. So that's actually it's it's big time. Uh, I do appreciate it. So we're going to talk to, to Malik tomorrow. And uh, also on tomorrow's show is going to be our guy, the Don, Don Cress. Uh, Don has been in many different uh, movies, uh, Batman, a bunch of different flicks. You name it, he's been in it. Now he's uh, part of a dinner theater thing that has taken off unlike any other. Now, I can't give you the name of it because there's absolute controversy over it, and, and Don is doing the right thing here. And he says you can't you can't name it until we officially get it changed. But he's going to be talking to it. And he he told me about how successful successful this thing has been. Have you ever been to a Tony and Tina's wedding? No, I have not, but I know what it is. There are those things that well that you go to a dinner and it's a fake play and basically you know uh, it's a uh, it's like an Italian uh, wedding. It's it's entertaining. You go, you eat, and it's part of a play. Well, he's doing something similar to that. And uh, Tony and Tony's wedding, when they were really big, they were getting like 50 people a night to go do it. Well, when he was, when he's doing this, the first night they had 173 people do it. They had average over 170 uh, for the first weekend. So hopefully they'll be able to figure out this name things and get stuff straightened out. Uh, but we'll have my guy Don Cress under. Don's like a little bit of an inspiration for me. And he's helped me out with a, with a bunch of stuff. So I'm going to be pretty excited to have him on. Uh, and then on Thursday, just to let everybody know, we're going to have uh, a couple people from my MVPs on. If you can see the themyMVPs.com. If you want, go there. You should definitely go there. It's a new social networking site. Go there, get yourself your your free profile. And it's a great way to download stuff. I'm going to be talking to uh, Aaron Dwyer here on Thursday. I've been involved with this. Uh, uh, Mark Monaco is the is the head guy in here. And basically what it is, is uh, imagine a place where you could download all your athletic videos and then all your friends can come and watch them. So if you're a, a high school football player, put all your highlights on there. You can send them out. So if your grandma's in Florida and can't watch a play, you can see him. Or maybe you're a, you're a, a college or uh, high school hockey kid and you want college hockey scouts to see you and you can download all your stuff out there. So people from my MVP, my MVPs.com will be here on Thursday. So we got a bunch of stuff for the rest of the week and coach will be back on Friday as long as all of a sudden we don't have a major blizzard hit and we have to worry about that. So uh, I appreciate David Olson for doing a fantastic job and thank you for getting all that pre-production stuff, uh, making the show just absolute breeze for me. So we'll be back tomorrow. This is Joel Wardwanski for two guys in the mic signing off. Peace out everybody.